What's up? And welcome to another episode of Black in the Maritimes. I'm Fidel. I'm Hillary. And I'm Clinton. And we got an election in the books and we pretty much have the same thing we got before. Uh, It is projected that a liberal minority uh, is going to win. Uh, Justin Trudeau holds a third term Uh, in a very very comfortable minority like the last one. Uh, But uh, in the downturn, um, we still have a pandemic that is affecting us and nothing has changed. So what do you guys what's your I'm going to ask a couple of questions, but what's your overview about the election, Hillary? My overall snapshot view is that it feels like it was sort of pointless because we got the same result. I know my boss this morning was like, well, we got to exercise our, you know, our democratic right and, you know, you, you know, be good citizens. And I get that, but it feels like that was $600 million that could have been used towards any of the promises he made the last election instead of wasting it on another election. I'm sure we'll get more into this later, but I do not like the raised number of people voting for People's Party because they just used the pandemic to sort of I think fear monger people into choosing them. And I do believe that they are basically white supremacists. Um, Overall, I like I am comfortable saying that I voted for Trudeau because I was worried about the conservatives and I was a strategic voter, even though I align with NDP. Um, So I'm not mad about it overall. I'm just frustrated that it happened. But thank you, Justin Trudeau, for the pencil that you gave me after I voted. (laughs) All right. Uh, what about you, Clinton? I'm curious about getting a pencil from Justin Trudeau, but I we can talk about that later. Well, but, when um, you vote, you get to keep your pencil because of the pandemic. So the joke is because he started the election, it's the one thing he's given me. Gotcha. Pencil. Out here, I didn't keep the pencil. Out here in the country, <laughs> we just gave the pencil back. There, I don't think there was enough pencils for everyone to go around. <laughs> we, had to um, get, we had to give our pencils. <laughs> I think it was an annoying 30 days or whatever. It was frustrating. It was tiring. We had to allocate time and energy into under trying to understand the issues that other than COVID hadn't really changed. Um, a lot of money wasted for the same result. Trudeau tried to mark this as a win and an indication for the, him to get back to work. But that's all we wanted him to do to begin with was work, do your job. To me, like this whole election, like especially the results, it reminded me of like a meme, like where everybody with the colon and then there's nothing. Everybody's saying nothing. And Justin Trudeau is like, I need to have an election to continue to do what I'm already doing. No one was calling to take him out of power. No one was challenging his power within the minority government. And he just wanted to have an election. I guess he thought he was popular enough to pull off a, ma- a majority. Um, and that wasn't the case at all. He his definitely, him and his advisors must have their, their, their facts wrong. We basically ended up with the same thing other than Anna Mae Paul didn't get her seat, unfortunately. Uh, the NDP got a couple extra seats, which I personally think is kind of cool. Uh, and yeah. Clearly, we could see, I see it as Trudeau thought he could get a majority. Uh, definitely, I think it was a bit of a power grab. He did a little bit of Blaine Hicks there, uh, but he didn't get the Blaine Hicks, which Blaine Hicks did get a majority, uh, but he did not. He got a minority. Again, there was money spent, but money will get spent on any election. Uh, that that I don't, I'm not too concerned about the, the, the money because any election gets money. And New Brunswick had an election and there was a waste of money as well. You know, that, that always happened. Now, regarding the parties, uh, I do have to say that we did get some things with the NDP. 
we're going to go to the greens, which the greens is a, it, it's a definitely a, a, a different story. I think they got crushed this year. They, they really went backwards. Uh, but when I see this election, uh, I, I do think he had the popularity. I will say that he did have the popularity. However, I will say it's bad timing. I think if there would have been less COVID, people would have been like things would have been under control. There would be this fourth wave. I think he would have had a better shot of getting a minority because say what you want to say about him. He's a likable guy. He's more likable than O'Toole for sure. Uh, but I don't think I think it was one of the things I think they timed it really, really wrong. Uh, that's one thing I will say. And the other thing is that people were pissed off because they didn't want this election. Nobody wanted this. Nobody wanted this election. So I think if he would have waited a year and he would have kept doing what he was doing, uh, trying to control this pandemic, I think he could have had a majority. Uh, but anyways, it is what it is. It's Groundhog Day. For me, it's like Groundhog Day. It's like you got it. The same thing happened. Same minority. It is what it is. But let, let's dissect to the parties now. We're going to go with the first, with the lovely conservative. Uh, the conservative is projected to get uh, 119 seats, which is less than what they had before. Uh, now, Aaron O'Toole uh, made a speech which seems pretty moderate and seems like he wants to stay as the leader of the conservative party. Uh, would that happen? We don't know yet. What happened to Andrew Scheer? Uh, he automatically left. Uh, but... In this case, what did you guys think about the shots of the Conservative Party to actually get anything or, or, or that they lost these seats? Clinton? I think as far as conservative leaders go, Aaron O'Toole didn't do a bad job at all. Um, he does have a bit of charisma, a lot more than Andrew Scheer for certain. Um, in terms of what conservative viewpoints traditionally are, he did his best to balance. He brought the party a little bit more center. Uh, I just don't think we're currently living in an era where conservatism has a shot in Canada. Um, the PPC, as horrible as they are, they definitely would have stolen some seats for the conservative which didn't do them any good i guess you could say that's the only good thing about the ppc is like you know the ndp and the greens some people say they take seats from the liberals ppc comes up and they're taking seats from the conservatives i didn't vote conservative that's for sure but arno tool didn't do a horrible job in representing his party as far as what his party is to begin with what about you hillary I I didn't pay attention that much to what the conservatives did in all honesty, because I know how much I do not align with what they believe or represent or stand for. Um, I don't I, like if I recall correctly, like Aaron O'Toole was one of the people who in deciding the party's platform was saying that they probably should actually admit that climate change exists. Um, and so maybe he's not an awful, awful guy. Definitely not as bad as Maxime Bernier. Um, but I mean, in this race where it's like, we always flip-flop between the two. Um, overall, I think that they they did better in the Atlantic provinces because of the new conservative MP in Nova Scotia. Um, so if they lost a few seats, I'm not mad about that. But I mean, it's them and the liberals are always the two in power, right? So it's not to me, it's not anything surprising, I guess. What's surprising to me in this election, and I think the conservative party is the most surprising thing that that happened in this election uh, because of two things. One, radicalism in Canada is here and now they have a voice and it's called the PPC. If this is a radical right wing group, they 
didn't get any seats, but they took votes away from the conservative party. However, this is here. Like, like before we we think about Canada and this progressive social whatever, uh, no, there's the same right-wing freaks and the same right-wing extremists. They're here. Now they have a party and the party speaking steam. Now, would this last in two years? Would they be rising? Who knows? Uh, I do have to say Donald Trump, they have to thank him for that because Donald Trump brought this extremism uh, to the mainstream. And now it's, it's here in Canada. It has a party. Uh, there's people that follow this party. They didn't get any seats, but again, they're they're a brand new party. So, you know, the Greens, they took him almost a decade to get a seat. The NDP, same as same thing. Uh, the PPC might be that party that might get more seats if we keep flip-flopping between these two parties, which is the Liberals and the Conservatives. So I definitely think that that's something that everybody should look at uh, because these people are here, they vote, and they could increase as, as this social media divide and everything comes this radicalism can get worse. Uh, regardless of the conservatives, shout out to Leslie Lewis because they brought a black woman and she's now elected in parliament. So more black people in parliament is always great. <laughs> doesn't matter if they're in the NDP. So at least that's a good thing I find. They got a black woman in parliament, another one, because uh, also the liberals got another black woman, which her name is Ariel Kayabaga, which she is from the London uh, riding. So two black women got in into parliament, brand new women got into parliament, which is amazing. That's the only thing to say conservatives. Regarding O'Toole, I feel, well, I agree with Clinton. I think he's a moderate. I do think that there is this, he's not as right-wing for some people. And I think, again, personally, it will take, I think he can still be the leader of the party, but I think he need that change needs to happen on the conservative uh, in order for them to try to get somewhere. But Again, we'll see what happens in the next uh, two years. Hopefully we, we spend, I wish we had three years, but that's not going to happen. I think it's going to be two more years for another freaking election. Which nobody wants, but whatever. Uh, in that note, we are going to go with the green. Holy shit. <laughs> the greens got destroyed anywhere you get. Like even the writing that I was paying attention myself was Fredericton. Because uh, Janica uh, was a Green Party. She was the first elected Green Party member federally in Atlantic Canada, which was, you know, that, that was a plus. And she left the Liberal Party. She left because of the whole clusterfuck of what happened. And what it looks like is like she's going to win. <laughs> That's what it's looking. It's a close. It was really, really. It's still really, really close. Uh, there's still mail-in ballots, but it's looking like she's going to. Anything can happen, but that's what it's looking like. So if that happened, she made the right move. <laughs> In clear, she made the right move. Uh, Anami Paul got less than 2% of the vote in the riding on Ontario, uh, which I'm sad, but another black woman won, which is fine. She Another black woman beat her, which is cool. Uh, but... Uh, what the hell is going to happen? This was the climate. It, we're in a climate change era. Climate change is real. It doesn't matter if you think it's not real, but it's here. And this is the party of climate change. And it believes it's a clusterfuck. So I don't know. What What do you think, Hillary? I mean, I, I, I'd i like to think I'm quite the environmentalist, but you, I'm not I'm going to vote off of one issue. I didn't find that their party um, answered enough of the things I wanted answered for other issues. I think that the other parties have stepped up and decided to do things about 
climate change that I respect. Some people on CBC even said that, you know, as long as for some people, as long as climate change is being acknowledged, for some people, that might be enough to switch them over to like considering conservatives or considering liberals if they do care about climate change. Um, so for me, like I've never been interested in the Green Party. I like I've always voted seemingly the same way, despite caring deeply about the environment. I don't I think at this point, like while this was a climate change election, the pandemic caused a lot of divide, a lot of social disrupt. The, like for me, one of the biggest issues voting was about Indigenous rights and looking at who was actually going to implement the truth and reconciliation calls to action. And so keeping all of those things in mind, I don't think that the Green Party answered all of all of them. Um, so I think it's unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate that Annie Paul lost in her own respective riding. They only got 2.3% so far of the vote share um, federally, which is actually less than PPC. What about you, Clinton? Um, yeah, I totally agree with Hillary. Like, can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't pick an election or pick uh, your party based on one issue. While the earth itself is theoretically one of the most important issues because we all can't survive without it, you can't just vote on, on that one thing. They don't have a strong enough platform and they don't have the, in my opinion, the ability to address enough issues or, or make enough change to to really lead and govern the country. I, I don't even know that they could have the, yes, they we all agree that the environment is important, but I don't know that they could take the steps or measures to help the environment if they were in power. I don't know if they have the infrastructure globally or around the world to, to make that big of an impact. Um, I'm definitely think it's unfortunate anime paul lost i didn't know another black woman won in that in that same writing um so that part's cool um i just don't yeah i the ndp is very passionate about the environment as well i find um and a lot of issues that affect young people and the green party unfortunately right now in 2021 just doesn't have that sort of charisma to to make any serious strides. I don't know what's going to happen in the next two years, in the next six years. I don't know if after COVID, we're going to talk about the impact to the environment from all the insane amount of increase of PPEs that are that are now flooding the planet. No one ever talks about that. Like the amount of plastic and waste is is going to be insurmountable. Um, anyways, that's, that's a whole other topic. Uh, they just don't, yeah, it's it's not, and I don't think it's because of anime polls specifically, but the Green Party just doesn't have it right now at all. Well, yeah, she, they they never had it. Uh, I mean, they they started to <laughs> yeah, to get it to, to get it kind of kind of uh, kind of there. Uh, but I feel I think one of the things that I will ask you guys um, is that. You guys think that Anime Paul got a fair shot of being the leader of the Green Party? Because I think one of the things that I see is that, uh, you know, again, I am not mad that she lost to Marcian. Marcian is a black woman. She's a TV host. She's been for years. She has been supporting black, empowering black people. Uh, she is, you know, if you see her online, that's what she does the most. Uh, but uh, I see, you know, Seeing a woman, especially a black woman, as a leader of a political party, a small political party, because the Greens are a small political party, it was refreshing to see. But their biggest demise was her own party. Her own party was against her. So by many reasons. But I, I would turn to you guys. Do you think that she had a fair shot, Hillary? I don't know that I necessarily know enough about um 
the party like disliking her or not having a fair enough treatment. I like, I will say that I agree with you that it was really nice to see a black woman in power. Granted, I didn't feel because we've already had a woman prime minister briefly way back when I didn't find it as jarring as if, you know, like Hillary Clinton would have gotten elected in the States when she ran. Like I find we're a little bit more progressive in that way. So I didn't find it shocking, shocking. I did like it. I would almost argue though, that like some of the downfall in the green party is using is them having the right resources to compete or like be on the same playing field based on the CBC commentary I heard yesterday. This was one of the first times Annie Paul had ever gone to BC and to Vancouver as part of the campaign and almost had always relied on the fact that Elizabeth May is out there and sort of always just gets elected in Elizabeth May's writing. And so if you're the face of the, um, the party and you aren't actually going coast to coast, whether you have the resources to or not, are you yourself putting in all of the energy and effort that you can to make that big leap and make that big presence? And so I, I honestly, like, I don't, I don't have an answer. I don't know because I, I've not paid attention to how they've treated her as a black woman in power. If she had a fair shot. Clinton. I definitely don't think she had a fair shot. Um, like we've said it before. I mean, she really, from the get go, she was hated upon and I don't think she was ever really lifted up and supported. Um, I think even before those comments that were made about the middle East conflict, I think there was resentment about her being in power. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure what the circumstances were that led to get her to become the leader. I, I wasn't following it at that point, but we've said this on the show before. I mean, a lot of the, the hellfire rained down on her when she made the comments about the Middle East. So she said one thing uh, about a really sensitive, like hot topic issue that maybe she shouldn't have said, uh, given the times and the sensitivities of it all. But like, we, like how many leaders have said so many horrendous, horrible, outrageous, unacceptable things over the years and got nothing? Not even a slap on the wrist, not even barely any ridicule, maybe a couple comments in the media, and then everyone just moves on. Like if this had have been a white man in his 60s that said one thing wrong, it it would have slid. Look at Justin Trudeau. Look at all the things Justin Trudeau has effed up in the past eight years. And even before that, the things that came out, allegations of sexual assault, blackface, um, some of the outfits he's worn, some of the things he's done. It's everything just rolls off his back. He's, uh, you know charismatic, good-looking white man. Um, she didn't get a fair shot at all, not in any way whatsoever. I'm heartbroken she didn't come on the show. I, I wish I had have had the chance to get to know her a bit better. Um, but no, I'll definitely never say that she had a, a fair chance to, to be the leader of the Green Party. I have to agree. I don't think she had the fair shot. Uh, I think one of the reasons that the whole thing started, which I've been following this story since it started, was that the old Green Party leader was endorsing her. And that's why she okay. was able to get the election. Some people felt a little bit bad about that because they thought that the former leader should be more neutral. That's what their thought was. They thought that she didn't need to endorse or endorse more than one candidate. So some people got upset about that. And I think that's when everything started. Uh, I will say that, yes, I, I don't think she got a fair chance to lead. However, I also think that she put herself in a position that it was almost impossible for her to lead. Uh, the first thing that I always say is in politics is all about power and winning. If you don't have power, 
and you don't have influence and you don't win, nobody's going to really follow you. And I don't think she was in the Toronto writing, which is a very hard writing to be. I think she should have been in another writing uh, because Jack McSean did that. Jack McSean is from Ontario, but he went to BC because he had a better chance at winning. And that's exactly that what he did, uh, because that's the only way you can get into parliament. Right. You have to get into parliament. You have to be a voice there or therefore you're not you're not relevant in the politic aspect. However, I do feel that she's a fresh face of Canadian politics. And I think she should she should stay. I don't think she will. I don't think she can. I think I think the best thing for her should be to to be, you know, to be up would be to resign and probably have a book like Selena Cesar Chavez did. Got a book, tell her story, uh, and you know, just ride into the sunset. I don't think she should be the leader of the Green Party because I don't think people want her, and I think they're going to oust her out. I think that's what's going to happen. I think she should quit first. Uh, but I definitely think she didn't get a chance. I definitely think it's a, it's a miss for them because they could have been. That was a fresh face that I think people wanted to see, and I think given enough time, I think she would be change the this the things in politics i definitely think that uh but yeah i mean we try to have her on the show a few times and that didn't happen uh but uh you know hopefully hope for the best uh and you know what the green still if, even if you betray your party nobody gives a fuck because right now Janica might win this shit and you know it is what it is nobody nobody care about that uh but Going back, let's go to the NDP, uh, which has a a TikTok star, just Jack McSean. If you haven't seen him on TikTok, he's amazing. <laughs> he's a TikTok star. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the NDP could be the overall winner of this election, not by much. I think they gained two or three seats. Uh, they're still leading a couple of seats, so we don't know yet. Uh, but they are they won two, maybe three seats more than what they had to. Uh, Jack McSean, of course, got elected. Uh, we'll see if he still keeps the leader of the party. Uh, our friend Matthew Green got elected. Uh, so another black man, <laughs> he's still incumbent. So that is great. Uh, but probably the NDP might be the winner of the whole thing they got uh they said they're projecting 24 to 25 uh so that's they had 23 or 22 i think last time uh so that's great so what do you guys think about hillary i think that's great i am uh, my views align with ndp i think that that's awesome i think it's a step slightly closer to maybe something different than red and blue um i do think that it would take a lot to really um stir that pot but i i think that it's great that they got those extra seats i think it shows that maybe you know some people were really frustrated with um the pandemic and how it was handled and maybe some writings really did want change um i always feel like i know a lot of people that claim that they're going to vote ndp and then i never see enough orange to represent it especially in the east coast um but i i'm all for them getting more seats i think that's great what about you? Yeah, I'm happy about that. I I like Jagmeet's platform. I like how he carries himself about, how they operate. Uh, I like that they seem really focused on youth and the next generation, which again, I figure, I feel like focusing on the youth and the, the upcoming generations is a way to also focus on climate change and the future, because this is who we're leaving the world to, the youth. Like he has really done a good job at encouraging young people to vote. I know my daughter and all their friends were out there, uh, Ryerson, which whose name will be changed soon, thankfully, uh, was out there voting. And my daughter, she's 21. She waited two hours 
an hour and a half in line to vote, you know, and that's not something that people did when I was that age. Um, I think he is someone that has helped to mobilize young people. I, I do align myself for the most part with a lot of uh, the NDP's views and their platforms. Um, yeah, I, I, it does take charisma to lead a country. Uh, I think he has it. Uh, it's If you haven't seen him on TikTok, yeah, it's def definitely a lot of fun to uh, see that he's out there and then taking advantage of technology and modern trends. And yeah, um, I'm when you brought it up, Fidel, if anyone was, was watching, they saw the smile come on my face. He's a, he's a cool guy. And uh, I'm glad that he won a couple of seats. And like you said, I, I think the NDP may be the, the only true, true winners, other than, of course, Justin Trudeau still has a minority, which we thought of the, of the election that just took place. Now, my, I still got this question, and, and, I, and I'm, this is bulbs on my head. Jack McScene is the only candidate that's catering to the youth. He's doing what the youth people, and he, he's a one candidate that is always looking ahead. His party doesn't seem to do that. He does that, but nobody else yeah. in his party does that. Nobody else in his party is like out oh, that we know of. There might be somebody that be, but he's he's consistent with the youth. But if you look at New Brunswick, the NDP is non-existent. There, wow. go ahead. I know. It's just I will say, like, I was fortunate enough to participate in that like drag brunch that the NDP was doing as part of their like initial campaign stuff, and it was. That was definitely a fun trying to get the youth event. Every person there representing the NDP other than Jagmeet was like, a, I would say, of an older demographic that did not really seem to understand what was happening with the drag brunch, but was like nodding along and vibing. So I, I think that, yeah, there's definitely a discrepancy between what they're pushing for and the movement and sort of the people representing the party. That's true. I mean, and, and that's what I want to think. Like, I don't feel, because from what I heard from people in the NDP, they still think of Jack Layton. I think they still think it's Jack Layton's party. And Jack Layton was more of a grassroots type of guy. Uh, but Jack Wixine is giving them the blueprint to succeed here. He's literally giving you, grab your fucking phone, start reaching out to this youth, because it's a it's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Today you may not get it, but in the future, when these kids are 18, 19, these kids will know what your party is. But nobody else does it other than him. It it it, it is just do you think it's a party issue or do you think it's an again, New Brunswick is the best thing. New Brunswick, the leader of the NDP is young. He's super young. He he's probably like in his what 26 or something. And you can't see him. He's he's non-existent. So would that is that part of their issue, or do you think that you know they're just like what you think, Hillary? Maybe they're just old and don't get it, Clinton. Oh, um, I think you're right. I mean, he's the interim leader still, isn't he? Are you talking about Mackenzie? Yeah, no, uh, Mackenzie. No, he's I, I, not the interim. He's the leader now. <laughs> he's oh, I thought leader. there was another young guy that became the leader after him. And he quit. Oh. So Mackenzie's back. <laughs> He's still okay. Around. That part I didn't know. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, the NDP should be the face of the youth. You guys both point the like a uh, really relevant. Um, yeah, Jagmeet Singh doesn't seem to represent a lot of. He doesn't seem to kind of mesh with who you see running for the NDP, especially at least in New Brunswick. Like there's kind of a disconnect between, uh, it's still like older white people, but I mean, that is the majority of politics to begin with. Um, He's definitely laying the blueprint and it, it could it's 
the future of politics and, you know, getting the, the young people, I feel like they are going to start to vote as they get older. Um, I don't know. I I wish the NDP had a stronger foothold in New Brunswick. I haven't checked the stats, but some of the ones that I looked at, I mean, I think even though even when you don't win, it's interesting to see how many people voted for the different parties, because obviously it's going to be right now a majority between liberals and conservatives, and it's always them neck to neck. But it's really also, you know, it's it's the NDP versus the Greens, and they're always neck to neck. And the NDP just swept the floor with votes, even though they didn't get the seats. If you see the votes, I was watching CBC last night and in third place was always NDP. You know, it's never green. So they are still, like you said, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. They are on the come up. And and then there's, yeah, then there's like the PPC and the Bloc Quebecois and, and all that stuff. But it's the NDPs versus the green for the most part, the way I see it. And down the road, I think the NDP are the ones that are going to have a real shot at attaining um, a much higher percentage of, of seats in this country. I mean, for for me, I think it's kind of, and, and I will say this bluntly, uh, I love Jack Maxine. I'm not an NDP fan myself just because I don't feel that they do a lot. I think, uh, I think they are a very progressive party. I would definitely think, and I'm, I'm not saying the NDP federally. I think I'm doing more NDP New Brunswick. Uh, mm-hmm. NDP New Brunswick, it they don't do enough. They just don't. They don't. Uh, it, lack of funding, lack of whatever you want to do. They just don't. They're never out there. They don't. They don't do anything. So I can't align with somebody that's not doing anything. Uh, the federal level, I love that mixing, uh, but again, Canadian politics don't work on a federal level. So when you vote, you don't vote on him. You vote on whoever's on the writing, uh, but. I feel like they do not they do not see what he's doing. That's one. And I also think, and I will say this, I don't think a lot of people in the NDP, even myself included, which are not even, don't think that he could get to prime minister level. Jack Layton had the ability to get to that level, but I don't think Canada is ready for a prime minister named Jack Meek Singh with a turban. I just don't see that. Not not now, maybe in 10, 20 years, but I don't think it's going to happen that somebody seek is going to get the highest level of office in Canada. I just don't see that right now. And I think a lot of NDP people see that too. Uh, but definitely he's giving them the blueprint on how to rise into power and they're just not using it. I don't, I don't get it, but but he's definitely doing that. Hello, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I, I guess that I was just going to say or express my fear. So in talking about the numbers, I do still have it open that like there's uh, five, wait a second. Am I reading correctly? <laughs> yeah. It says like uh, over 5 million votes, obviously for lib- between liberals and conservatives. Um, but then NDP has like 2,855 and then you've got Bluck, and then honestly, then you've got people's party with eight, hundred thousand and then the green at three hundred thousand so like ppc did better than green and luck did worse than ndp so ndp is definitely in third and i guess where i'm also going with this is just that i would hope that progress would get easier as time goes on but when you see something like the numbers of the ppc the fact that this party exists now and has existed for the last two years i also worry that it will get more difficult to have a Sikh man with a turban as a country leader 
when we are still allowing people like Maxime Bernier to run a party that has close to a million voters. And I, the majority of their platform was just like blatant racism. So I don't know at what point you get closer to the trophy and yet also still further away. Like that's like, they, they've almost tripled the number of the green party. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I feel like a lot of it was people maybe believing that they were going to not have vaccine passports or immunization records, which I think was just a blatant lie. I don't think that would actually work. Um, But that's still a scary number to see. And in discussion of, do you think Canada is ready for like a brown prime minister better now than if the People's Party keeps gaining steam? Um, I I wanted to say, um, like, I mean... Well, not in the top seat. I mean, he did acquire more power. And the question with federal elections, like you said, Fidel, is are you voting for who you want to be the leader of the country or are you voting for the person in your, your local riding? And it's it's really it's really always hard to make that decision. For the most part, I mean, in elections like this, you barely even have time to get to know the people in your riding very much. There's not a great opportunity to get to know five different names and five different people who just pop up on a ballot like 30 days before an election takes place. It's kind of ridiculous in a lot of ways. But, I mean, Jagmeet has increased his power, especially in a minority government. Like, if Trudeau wants to push things forward, he's going to need the support of the NDP, especially with him having more seats now. So while you're not the top dog, I mean, this brown guy with the turban probably made the most gains during this election. I will say... New Brunswick is, it's a really stressful place to be in sometimes because out here in like Merriam Cook and Dorchester where I'm living right now, I did see more PPC signs on people's front yards and lawns than I saw of any other candidate during the past month, like by a landslide. And that was really concerning for me. But the question is, are they voting for PPC um, based on racism? Are they voted on PPC just simply based on this whole get they're sick of wearing a mask and don't want to have the vaccine passport? I'm really curious to see for the next election um, if 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 the masking and passport vaccines and COVID is not so much of an issue, if they're going to lose a lot of steam there. I'm also curious to see that if Donald Trump ever gets the ability to run again, Aww. if that's going to increase their power. Um, so yeah, this election is not anywhere close to as interesting as the next one is going to be, in my opinion, whether it's two years or four years from now. Um, And even if Trudeau really had nothing to lose in this election, because something I learned recently is even if he um, even if he had a major loss to the conservative party or anything else in Canada, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Fidel, the law states that, you know, he doesn't even have to step down. He like the, the governor general doesn't have the he can ask the governor, how does it work? He wouldn't have had to step down. He still could have ran for the next two years because the governor general isn't going to just like force him to leave. He could have requested or he could have decided to stay on, even in a minority. Uh, I heard this on CBC. I think I'm getting some of the details wrong, but he really had nothing to lose during this election. Well, what, how it works is, is that the, he has to ask the governor general to dissolve parliament. The governor general is supposed to agree, and that's they call an election. Uh, basically, uh, Trudeau could have stayed two more years and he could have not had an election. That's that's what everybody's complaining about. Like he didn't have to, he didn't have anything to lose. You're right. In that sense that he could have just not had an election. He would be in power for two years. And then if they want to dissolve it, then he could have done it at that point. Uh, but he did it. 
doesn't make any sense to anybody except them, but that's fine. Uh, well, I guess, sorry, I, I and I wish I had better info, but what I, what I learned yesterday was he, like, even if his party did not win the majority of seats, there's this assumption that in Canada, whoever has the most seats runs the house. But even if he had, even if the liberals had have lost seats, even if the conservatives had ended up with more seats in Canada, Canadian law, there is a way that Justin Trudeau could have easily continued to run for the next two years just based on the fact that he didn't complete his term or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's called a boat of confidence. It happened in your book right. with, with Brian Gallant. What happened with Brian Gallant, how Blaine Higg went, is that they conservatives had one seat. So the conservatives have 27 seats and the liberals had 26 seats. So Brian Gallant uh, went and spoke at the parliament to get a boat of confidence. And if they get the vote of confidence, that that which would have done it would have been the Green Party at that point in New Brunswick. Brangelant would still be uh, MP, uh, Premier, if they get it, even if he doesn't have majority. Yeah, same with just if he gets a vote of confidence, uh, let's say that the NDP and the Bloc Québécois said, yeah, sure, it's no time for this. He could still have one day election. But yes, that that that's that, what it is. Yeah. So. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's what it would have been. So that's that that highlights Jagmeet Singh's power. That's what I wanted. That's what I was trying to get at. So even if they had have lost, even if the Conservatives had won more seats than the Liberals, as long as Trudeau would have been able to retain the the confidence and the support of Jagmeet Singh or the Black Quebecois, he still would have been the ruling party. He still would have been able to continue to to run the country. He would have had to make more concessions to the NDP and the Black. Quebecois, but he still could have been the leader, even if the Conservatives won more seats in this last election. So yep. he had nothing to lose. He had nothing to lose, essentially. Well, no, he wanted more to gain. That's what the whole I know, but he had nothing to yeah. lose. He wanted yeah. to gain more, spend $600 million, gain more, but he had nothing to lose and as long as he has the nothing. NDPs and the Bloc Cuba's support. No, That's the whole point. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. That's insane. I will ask this question, this question, though, which I think I think that's one of the things. And I, and I you know, this is a special episode that we talk about politics, uh, but uh, I would definitely encourage anybody that they need to learn about politics just because that rules your world. Like things that affect you is because of. And I'm still I, I had to understand it and I understand it to quite a level, but uh, I'm not a political scientist by any means or a political commentator or anything like that. I just know politics as I like it and I, I think everybody should know. I'm not 100% sure why people are upset about this $660 billion thing. Uh, like, and Hillary said, but go ahead, but I'll explain, I'll explain myself why. I'll explain myself I, why I'm not quite sure why people are upset about this. I'd rather just hear your explanation. Yeah, I mean, just because yeah. it seems like a waste. So what's your, <laughs> what's your well, explanation? Here's, here's what I, how I see it. If you multiply it by all the people that pay taxes in Canada, it, it comes out to $20 a person. That's what it comes out to. That, 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 that's one. That, it comes out to 20 bucks a, people, a person. The other thing is, is that unfortunately in a democratic system, which is, that's what we have, when elections are called provincially or federally, there is a budget spent for elections. This is, this is money that is always going to be put in. Now, do we think that elections are called too often? I personally think so, but that's our system, right? That's how the Canadian system works. But also, do I think that people, when they say, oh, they wasted that much money, if you look at what we waste on, if you look what your province, not even your federal, what your province wastes, you would be more shocked and more, I would be more outraged 
than what people spend on election, because that's always going to happen unless we change our democratic system. So go ahead, Hillary. I see your face. Go ahead. Like, I don't completely disagree with you, but you're saying the same thing. I'm also upset about the other things that they waste money on. Like, I'm not just angry about the wasted money here. But when you say it's going to cost $3.2 billion to get clean water on reserves, and let's say you divided that by people, like, put my $20 somewhere else. If I could have a say where my $20 would go, it would not have been this election to get the same result. I do think that this election was unnecessary. I do think we have elections too often. And if I could choose for that money to go elsewhere, I would give it to mental health resources. I would give it to the homelessness crisis. I would give it, I would give my whole $20 to one person <laughs> in New Brunswick because that's more than the five cents that Blaine Hicks is giving you. I would use it to hire the truth and reconcile the, the systemic racism person. Do you know where I would put my $20 if I had a say? And where it would go, I would give it to the nursing homes and the people who work there in New Brunswick who are not who are struggling within their unions to be paid fairly and work during this entire pandemic. I would give it to the essential workers. I would not give it to Elections Canada. I voted for the same guy three times, and we're nowhere better. Preach on, preach on, preach on. Those twenty dollars. Those $20 went a long way. Holy. <laughs> I mean, if it's a, but like the point is made that if you have, you're putting 600 million towards an election three and you're saying that 3.2 billion is too much to give the indigenous clean running water and to stop a boil advisory. Yet you keep putting it in your party's platform. Maybe do something about it. Well, and- that was courageous. That was good. That was amazing. Like, I like the way that Fidel broke down that it's 20 bucks a person. And that's an interesting perspective. But um, yeah, just because you just because you, the government wastes money on this on Article A, it doesn't mean like, oh, well, they wasted money on Article B, too. So that's cool. It, like, it's still annoying. It's annoying anytime they waste. Um, and it, it is Canadian law. He has the right to do it. He's within his legal right. And so maybe that needs to be changed. But uh, Hillary, like that's like that's the thing like that twenty dollars could have been spent somewhere else but but the reason why i say and again i think this is what people uh, and again i think this is what people is so important for people learn about politics right now there is a crisis in alberta jason kenny has spent more money <laughs> than the elections on all the fuck-ups that he has done mad about that too <laughs> add it to the and, and, and no, no, no. And again, nobody say, nobody say. But what we, what we, what I'm saying is, and and we are in a democratic system, and we should be lucky, and we should be grateful that we are in a democratic system. Uh, you know, if you go to places like Venezuela or places like I don't know Zimbabwe or even other places like you know in Ecuador, Bolivia, in in certain in certain times, not now, now, but in, in previous times, the democratic system is weak. Uh, Hell, let's just feed the U.S. The U.S. by an inch had a, a democratic system that almost collapsed, right? So we take it for granted that we have this democratic system, that we're able to uh, use our vote. And we, if we don't like a government or if we have people that if they don't like a government, they have a mechanism to dissolve it for bad or good or bad reasons, right? So do I think we have too many elections. Yes. Do I think that we shouldn't have elections every time, every two years? Yeah, I, I agree. I 100% agree on that. But I also understand that this money is part of the democratic system that we have a privilege to have. Now, do I think 
like you said, that there should be more money spent, for example, the indigenous. Now, people don't understand sometimes that, yes, it is a federal level, but the provincial level could do way more. Every province could do way more to their indigenous community than a federal government could ever do, but they choose not to do it. New Brunswick is a, it's a great example of it. New Brunswick chooses not to do anything to the indigenous community, uh, which they can. They have some money to do it, but they choose not to do it. And the federal government could put but cannot afford like homelessness and things like that. Your provincial government has the power to do way more on homelessness, to do way more to indigenous community than your federal government will. But do I think it's a waste? I think we have too many elections, but it's not the first waste and it's not going to be the, the last waste of election money that we'll get. I guess I would add in terms of provincial things still, I also thought the Centro Avenir Center, which I uh, love to refer to as the CAC. I think that was a waste of money as well in terms of things that I complain about. But and also, and I maybe I'm wrong, but if I understand correctly, recently, did Justin Trudeau not say that at a federal level he was going to give monies for women's health? And because of the whole debate around abortion access in New Brunswick, he did not give the funding to like the province of New Brunswick. So if you can do something like that at a federal level to encourage provincially more spending, better spending, equitable spending, then uh, lead by example and don't do something as grotesque as running an election during a pandemic when it's unnecessary and unsafe, when your whole shtick is trying to lead the country through the pandemic safely and waste $600 million in the process to get to the same place. Except now people are actually voting for PPC, which to me is not good. And the NDP got more seats, which is good. But really. Again, I do. I read an Go ahead, sorry. I read an interesting article on that actually. Sorry, Fidel. Um, it's just really funny. The whole this whole steal, spiel about um Trudeau withholding money from New Brunswick for over the like the health issues, abortion clinic issues, and the CBC article published on July 27th, 2021. The entire amount that was withheld for all of 2021 from the Liberals to the Conservative government in New Brunswick was actually only $140,000. Uh, and 260, $140,216. That's it. This this repeat thing about they're being punished, they barely withheld anything. $140,000 is all that okay. was withheld. Next to nothing in terms of government spending and taxation and, and millions and, mm-hmm. and shit like that. So that's that's kind of a crock. That's, that was a bit of a lie out of Justin Trudeau's mouth. I think he has kept some promises and I know they've spent a lot of money on clean water for indigenous people. But his when he keeps on saying that about New Brunswick, that's pretty much a, a falsity. It's a fraud. It, it, it's exactly what you're saying. It, it's the, it's just politics. He's playing politics at this point. It's not a lot of money. And, and again, the bigger issue he was trying to put just to look good, the bigger issue was that the abortion rights in New Brunswick, which is a big problem, which I, again, it's a provincial problem and it's a very big problem, but the federal government can do anything about it. They can't, they can't. Own no, they can't. Yeah. So this whole push, they're putting pressure on them. That's, that's what I was saying. Yeah, 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 like, they're it, not really it, putting it, any pressure yeah, yeah. on them. They're not doing anything. It's a bunch of crock. And and I do agree in Hillary, what you said, like, I, what do I think an election a pandemic suck? It's a bad idea. It, 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 it's, it's really bad. I think that's, I think one of the things that I can take on the worst is that it wasn't necessary and, not only because it wasn't necessary because, again, we, we it's because we were in a pandemic. If we weren't in a pandemic, would the aspect change? Yeah, but I think doing an election in a pandemic is a really, I think more people should be more angry about that. 
I agree that people should be more angry because yeah. you were risking people's health, which I, I do think that's, that's an irresponsible part. Uh, I do think that people should be more upset that we were doing this while our country is doing places like Alberta, for God's sakes, they have to transfer people to other provinces to get attended. You know, like I think that's a bigger concern than just spending money that was going to be spent anyways uh, in an election, which is going to happen anyways in probably two more years, uh, which sucks. But I think people should be more concerned about our health and also about the radicalism that's happening in this country when you see a party like the PPC getting a lot of votes. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. those are the two things that I definitely think people should be more concerned about. Uh, but again, I definitely encourage people to to know more about your politics because again the more you know the more you can decide and the more the better your your community will be because things like i said things like abortion which it's sucks for women it's a problem in new brunswick but we don't talk about it we we don't we don't press our our premier that put that law we don't press him about it he's whoop-de-doo but it, it's going to affect a lot of women. So that's definitely something that that I think we should we should worry about. So uh, we're going to get this last subject, which is COVID. Holy shit. What the fuck is happening? Uh, COVID cases in New Brunswick have risen to an all-time high to as far as 155 cases in a day. Uh, as soon as they put the green uh, light on this. This has become crazy, and now we have become to mass mandates. Uh, it it's not looking good for our province, uh, New Brunswick, with this COVID. Uh, Clinton, you're the business owner. I know you you suffer through COVID as a business aspect. But what are your thoughts yeah. right now that this is increasing in a crazy level that we haven't seen in in this pandemic? I don't think there's a lot of surprise, in my opinion, that these levels are increasing. Uh, that's not true. I was kind of surprised when I saw 199 cases over the weekend. But it's it also could be to be expected. Like, we are the gateway to Atlantic Canada. Uh, and New Brunswick has been very lackluster in their acceptance of people from other places in the country. At the same time, we are the poorest province in the country, and we need some economic dollars trickling into New Brunswick. So they had to try something. Um it's exploding. And I think it's good that we're taking a step back. We tried it. It's not working. One person died, which is really unfortunate. And I think it's the right move to increase the restrictions a bit again. I don't, I'm not going to like that. Um, you know, the passport thing is not going to affect my business personally. If things change, we'll go back. But everyone's going back to wearing masks again. Uh, and that's OK. In my business, people, for the most part, continue to wear masks anyways. We were allowing people in without masks, but most of my team stayed masked the entire time. And it's just something that happens. I mean, COVID's never going to disappear. It's going to be with us forever. So hopefully more and more people get vaccinated. We get annual vaccines. Hopefully our human immune system across the planet starts to become stronger, starts to build better antibodies to this virus, just like it did for the common cold and for the flu. And yes, I know penicillin helped that as well. But humans get stronger. Humans adapt to things. 150 years ago, the common cold was a death sentence. And now it's not anymore. So I just hope there are new medicines developed as well as vaccines or maybe better vaccines in the future that, that serve to help. Um, a lot of people thought they were opening the borders too soon, but I guess I guess it's just what kids can never go to school again or the province the provinces stay closed forever. Um, it's unfortunate the cases went up like that. I I think I don't know what could have been done differently. Um, I don't want anyone to die, but I, I kind of did support the government's choice to 
try something. I think they could have backtracked a bit sooner than they did and put some restrictions back on. But I guess that is part of what the new normal might be. Like we, this is some, this is unprecedented for modern society. And I think we have to keep going back and forth and it's annoying, but loosen restrictions, tighten restrictions, loosen restrictions, tighten restrictions. I think we need more people vaccinated, um, even though there are some valid concerns with vaccination and we just have to move forward with it and keep trying. It did affect my business, but I mean, everyone dying would affect my business too. Human life has to be first, first and foremost, just like we were talking about at the start of the episode with climate change. Um, well, it's not the only issue you can run on in a campaign. It's super important. And, and so is human life. So you just have to keep trying things. Uh, I think you're on mute, Fidel. I am on mute. Yeah, I put mute by mistake. Sorry about that. Uh, Hillary, I was going to say, like, you have talked many times about how you could not see your mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID had affected, uh, has affected this uh, many ways. You, you, mm-hmm. you were lucky enough to see her this summer. Uh, what's your take on this? I think that um, as happy as I was to see my mom and to see both of you and to be there, unmasking while also lifting provincial travel restrictions while also not allowing or requiring people to register to come in the province was like the most dangerous cocktail ever. And now you're all paying for it. And now like putting a like registration to travel now and masking and everything. Like it's too late. Summer happened. Uh, Travel happened. Um, what's sort of for tourist season came and went. And so to do all of this now, it, to me, it feels like a little bit too late. Like I had registered to come into the province in July and then August 1st, they removed the, that entire process. And so everybody could just go. And there were so many, I was checking the exposure list every single day. And I had to, every day that I went to the home, uh, confirm that I had not been in any of those locations, but there would be like seven flights listed where people were coming in to Fredericton from Montreal who had COVID from Toronto to Moncton who had COVID. And thankfully it was never my flight, but if you're not making those people register, then like there's so many people that you're just letting run rampant and then while simultaneously so that's all happening while simultaneously they're not allowed like not forcing masks in alberta those two things are happening at the same time that was my biggest fear someone would travel like the kid sitting beside me who was from grand falls who had been unmasked in alberta like it it was just so messy for no reason and i don't 100 agree with this whole loosen restrictions, put them back, loosen, like just lock it down again for like a few minutes. You guys were doing so well. And then it all just fell apart because it, the priority became summer and the economy. And if the economy was not the number one priority, but the health and safety of the people living in that province were, I think that you guys would not be in the position that you're in now. I think that it's a little too late to do all of this. I think that they never should have loosened restrictions over the summer when it was going to be the biggest travel season because it screwed everyone over. I mean, the fact that people don't give a fuck about being vaccinated, especially Alberta. Again, we're going to go back to Alberta because Alberta is is the craziest place ever right now that their premier had to apologize uh, because literally he has blood on his hand. He's literally let all of these people die. And the fact that you're seeing all of these people die and we as a society are not caring for one another. I, I think that's I think that's the biggest hypocrisy when I see people in politics and people in power that they care about the people and the children. And now you see a bunch of children getting COVID in schools. And now you see all of the things and the amount of people that don't care 
Because again, I don't think this should not be, a mask should not be a political issue. A vaccine should not be a political issue. It should not be a divisive issue. It's plain and simple. If you're willing to fight for your country in a war, if you're willing to do something for your country, if you're a patriot and you want your country to be better, fucking get a mask, put it on, get a fucking vaccine, and that's how you help your country. Go ahead. I will say, because I've like recently had this discussion with a few people and I even wrote a blog about it on my old my own blog, not the Black and the Maritimes one, about like if we are all going to agree that COVID is real, whether we think the government made it or not, but we're all going to agree that it's real, then you sort of have to choose that either you're going to get vaccinated so you can participate in society or you're going to wear your mask so that you can participate in society. I like, I just don't understand that if people just don't understand how illnesses work, but I had the conversation with someone who was saying to me, first of all said that their child had not been to the movie theaters in a few years, like the years of this happening. And isn't that sad? And I'm like, Honestly, no, it would be sadder if your kid had died from catching it. It would be sadder if I sat next to you in that theater and my mother died because I was sitting beside you and you guys were spreading this illness. I like you can be asymptomatic. You can think that you're fine when you're not. You can catch it and it can be incubating inside of you for three days and you can be spreading it for three days before you get symptoms and you are unaware that you have it. That is how an illness works. So unless you are going to get vaccinated, and, and you're scared of what's in the vaccine, then the only alternative is to go back to masking if you do not want to ostracize these people from society for the people who believe that not being allowed in establishments is discrimination, which it's also n- not. That's not the definition of discrimination. But I just find that like, if I wanted to say, because I have a hard time with the idea of being pro-choice, I'm pro-choice with my body and reproductive rights. But then, so if I want to be pro-choice vaccines, then you're going to have to wear your mask. You got to pick one. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I hear what you guys are saying and I agree completely. Like, yeah, you got to put human health above the economy, but I just have trouble reconciling with, but then where does the money come from to put human health first, to think about mental health issues, better access to healthcare, better education? We're already the poorest province. So if you have to keep the economy closed and keep borrowing money, then we just go further and further into debt and further and further screwing over our economy. I don't tend to believe that you know solutions to these kinds of things are simple but i it's it's a crazy weird balance if we're talking about like the idea that do we not care for the elderly if we allow people into the province and covid like a lot of a lot of the elderly died from the flu so why haven't we been wearing masks for the past 20 30 40 50 years covid is more contagious and more deadly but i do we care more because people our age and kids are dying so is is the idea that we never cared for the elderly like like the pandemic kind of pointed out with um you know long-term care homes across the country i mean when so if when covid goes away shouldn't we just continue to wear masks would that be the argument so that we can continue to protect our our elderly from dying um it's all really crazy and confusing to me but it's the way i see it is it i don't feel that putting focusing on helping the economy is means you don't value human life i i find that it's just a really hard balance to try to figure out go ahead hillary i'm just gonna say like so First of all, if Justin Trudeau is going to offer 
funds and benefits to businesses that ask for vaccine passports before the provinces mandate them, then clearly there are funds and monies to help the economy that could be offered that he's just sitting on and holding on to, because that's, that's a, if that can be an option, then why not have other options? Why not have different subsidies and things where you can, like, if the, I mean, I personally hold the belief that I'm not talking about small business and just, I want you to finish. I'm not talking about small businesses. I'm talking about people paying taxes to the government to support uh, public services. But go on. Is that what you're commenting on? What I said? I mean, I'm I'm just sort of commenting on the whole thing that like if if the economy has to suffer in any way and we want to put money back into it, first of all, I'm of the group of people that's like just print more money. (laughs) Like, why are we why are we participating in society? The liberals are putting us deeply in debt and it's helpful. Yes. But for New Brunswick, that's already the poorest province in the country. I'm just wondering where does it end? We're we're really we're screwing over the future generations, right? (laughs) We're screwing over future generations though that are gonna have uh, inherit more and more and more debt. I know I'm sounding very conservative right now, but we are screwing over future generations by just continuing to go deeper and deeper in debt. Which is not true. And go ahead. That's a, that's a different episode. No? But but that's not okay. really, that's not okay. really true. Uh, but I'm sorry to cut you off, Hillary. No, Quick it's okay. Up. I was just gonna say that I think that if if there would have been the possibility to support small businesses that were doing this thing, then why not take those funds? And whether it's for small businesses or whether it's for different public services or whatever to support the economy in any way that it was being harmed during this pandemic. I think if the money was there, if there was $600 million to waste on the election, why couldn't you put it back into the economy that suffered due to the pandemic? So I just, I, I don't know. I think that there would have been, that there was better ways to go about it. And like, in terms of, not caring about older people like we never we never have the eastern part of the world has been wearing masks all the time forever because of air pollution and for other reasons but if it was working for them all along and we see things like severe smog in LA and other places why haven't we been doing this here I'm of the belief that we should have always been doing it here granted there is a flu shot and my mother since being like older has been able to get the flu shot and has gotten it forever out of the same fears of COVID like you're right that it's like it's not necessarily as severe but no, we definitely don't care about the older people here. I know I know people yeah. who weren't aren't getting vaccinated and have said this sentence, it only affects older people and fat people, so I don't care. And just because you are not those things does not mean that you can't care about your community because now you are showing your ass as ageist and fat phobic if you cannot get vaccinated to care about your community i didn't get vaccinated for me my family had it if you'll recall i lived i didn't even catch it i got it for the people around me who would die even the old little bitties at shoppers but i mean and and i think going back to what clinton was saying here here's the take on the, the take that i that i i'm a bit conflicted about but i think it, there's there's a clear line between businesses and 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 things but there's a clear there's another line between collectivism like when this pandemic hit, we were the first province to close shop. We closed everything. We closed everything. And collectively, everybody obeyed the rules. Yet, business suffer. Yes, business gap. But we got better. We were one of the best provinces to do better. But it wasn't the government. It was people that followed the rules. People collectively fell in line 
and say, this, this is not getting here. Let's not get to get here. There's too many cases. And we tried. We tried for, we were one of the provinces that had, we had months without any cases at one point in time. Now, all of a sudden, because we're giving this most freedom, because we, we, we gave this, and, and because people have decided that everything is an issue, as a collective, we are divided by a mask, by something you can wear off and put back on. I don't think it's a politics or a government. I think it's it's a collective issue. If we as a society cannot agree on that a mask, we're not talking, even talking about vaccines here, a simple mask that you can take on and take on off is not a way to help your significant other or your neighbor or the guy that's on the convenience store or your coworker. And we cannot agree that six feet of distance is enough to protect ourselves. I think that's the biggest concern here. I think it doesn't really matter what any government can do as long as we don't put our part. And, and, and I think that's that's one of the things that I see in New Brunswick. Everybody fell in line when the government said it. When the government shut down, everybody fell in line and we tried. But now that we are loose, that is say, oh, okay, we get, and they were a little bit loose, and now the government's trying to put some restrictions, people are having an issue with that. And it's like, is it, do we really have to, is, is it a problem with the system? No, I think it's a problem with ourselves. I think it's a problem with people trying to be with their egos and saying, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that, and t- thinking selfishly. So my concern is that, is that we, we as, as people always complain about everything, that, but we don't take a look at ourselves and say, hey, what are we doing to fucking get the hell out of this pandemic and get, get it over with? And it's not the same. If you look at New Zealand, which is a country that's the biggest example, again, not by any means, it's a smaller country and you can't compare it to Canada by any means, but they collectively have worked this out and they have had problems, but they have had way less problems than anybody else. But it's not because of the government. People praise the government, but it's not. It's because people collectively choose to wear a goddamn mask. And they have like 10 cases or two cases or something like that, which is ridiculous. And they still wear a mask and they're still doing their stuff. But again, I think it's not, I think it's a people thing. I, I think the people are, us as a province, we need to think more than, what are we doing to get this thing over with? Because we did it. We did we, we done it before, but do we have to wait till the government cracks down just to get it done? I was gonna add yeah. just that I think I think that the issue was that it was like Icarus flying too close to the sun, that you guys were in such a good place and so close that everyone just wanted it to be over with and visiting and coming from Ontario while your restrictions were down was so weird for me. And even see, like I was one of the people who still wore their mask inside even when you guys were like allowing it to be the opposite just because I was nervous and because of my mom but I I understand that like even like this weekend I was able to go to uh like a bar and listen to live music and everything just felt so normal and so real and I can't imagine like living in a province that's so close to being there that you're just so done with it all that I get that but it until you guys are in a better place or as long as the unvaccinated keep ping-ponging the illness and the different variants between each other, it's never going to end. 
Yeah. And I, I think a lot of it is like, Fidel, you're right. I think a lot of it is education and misinformation over social media that really messed things up a lot. Um, because yeah, like masks help. Like, yeah, you wear a stronger mask if you're dealing with like fine particles in construction because of the nature of those particles. But with COVID, the nature of these viruses is that they can only exist in moisture. And if your mask traps the moisture, you're safe. And the six feet distant, you could like, they can do science and it shows how far moisture tends to travel when you speak or sneeze and stuff like that. So again, we're the least educated, <laughs> um, poorest, least educated. I think education would have helped us out a lot. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I think, you know, again, wear a mask, get vaccinated. I mean, it, it's not that hard. I mean, if, if you're, it, again, most people can, not not all people. I know some people cannot get vaccinated, but that's a very, very few minorities. Uh, but yeah, just just help help one another for us to get the hell out of this. Thing. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, you guys have anything else to say? Uh, no? The usual, crawberry, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't even know my own social media handles anymore. That's it. Crowberry, Crowberry whatever. Well, that, Crop, oh, my cat's deciding to say hello in this moment. That's all. Oh, Maxwell says hi. All right. No, so uh, again, uh, for the- don't forget to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to go to our website, blackandamaritimes.com. Uh, please support us on Patreon or on PayPal. Uh, your donation really works and helps us this show uh, and again uh, just follow us on every social media instagram twitter tiktok at black and the maritimes peace bye